Now, after was Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you, Father, for this part of your word, for the truth that we find here, for the protection that you gave to your son, and for the fact that because he lives, Father, we can face tomorrow. We have eternal life in him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When Jesus was born, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, uh, Bethlehem of Judea. Now, one of the Bethlehem, house of bread. I think that's interesting. That that's what that means. I also think it's interesting that that Jesus was born. There are so many things we could say about Bethlehem. It's the city of David. It was a house of bread. Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem, and he was the bread of life. So we don't really need to cover all of those things. Many of those are are familiar to you. There's so much about Bethlehem, um, but we're not going to hit all of that. We're going to move quickly. Herod the king. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Did you like Herod the king? Wasn't he great? Wasn't he great? Here's the thing. I can't look mad very often or very long, especially when the kids are so cute over there like that, shaking their finger at me as Herod, and I'm standing here trying to be, and I'm just laughing. I can't do it. But Herod wasn't like that. Herod was a mean and a cruel man. He was known for several things. He was known, first of all, for his, um, for his military um, might, he was known as a good warrior, as a good leader. He was known as a, uh, he built a lot of things. Of course, he took taxes from the people to build all those things, but he built these things to his own honor. I understand that one thing that he built, he built to um, honor his wife, and he willed it to somebody else, and because he was such a uh, mean and a cruel king, they tore it down when he died. <laughs> okay, that's the kind of guy he was. Not only that, he, would, he killed his wives, wh whom he probably had several. He killed his children. He killed anybody that he thought might be uh, trying to take away his throne. That's why we know that in this story, he wanted Jesus dead, even as a baby. That's the kind of guy Herod was, mean, cruel, ruthless person. Um, and so in the times of Herod, wise men came. Wise men, the word is the word magi. They were philosophers. They were priests. They were astronomers. And they probably came from uh, Persia or Arabia. They were the learned men of the country. They were important in so many different areas. They were important in religion. They were important in the social aspect. They were important in, um, in politics of the day. And they were the people that were the counselors to the people that were the rulers. They were the ones that, um, uh, that gave advice 
to the leaders of the country. And they were uh, from the east. And we don't know where they were from exactly. Some people think it's Persia. Some people say Arabia. Here's what we do know. The gift that they gave came from those two countries, gold and frankincense and myrrh. They were three of the most valuable things that you could get from those two countries at that time. And so they brought with them gifts that were of great value to them. They didn't give something cheap. They didn't just go, ah, this is good enough. We're going to go see a new king, king of the Jews, but we're not going to give him our best. No, they went to see the new king, the new king, the babe who was born king of the Jews, and they gave him their best. They came from, uh, and, and you know, we can talk about some of the things that they gave, uh, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and we don't know how much there was. But what we do know is that soon after they got those gifts, Mary and Joseph and Jesus had to flee to Egypt. It's very possible that they had to flee to Egypt and use the money from that to take care of themselves while they went to Egypt. All right. Now, frankincense and myrrh are two things that are often used uh, to prepare a body for funeral. So some people can see in this a foreshadowing or even a foretelling of the fact that Jesus Christ was going to die for the sins of the people. We don't know whether that's what happened or not. But what we do know is the Magi gave extensive gifts to Jesus because he is the king of the Jews. And so we see the Magi, or, and they went to Jerusalem. Now it's interesting. Why would they go to Jerusalem? Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Well, there are several reasons that we might think that they did. Uh, and, and, and one of them is because Jerusalem was the capital of Judea. It was the capital. That's where the king lived, right? In fact, that's where they found Herod eventually. The king lived in the capital. And, you know, this star, the star that they saw, by the way, they say they, they saw his star in the east. Well, the star wasn't in the east. The star was from, it, from the west. They were in the east. While we were in the east, we saw his star. It's probably a pretty good translation of that. We were in the east, Persia or Arabia, and we saw his star. And we knew that there was something important about the star. And so we made preparations and we began to follow the star because somehow, we don't know how, they understood that this star that they saw from the east stood for the king of the Jews who was going to be born or the king of the Jews who had just been born. Uh, and so they said, um, we have seen his star. Where is he? They were walking through Jerusalem. They were in Jerusalem because it was the capital, and they were trying to find this king. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Now, that's a problem for Herod. I mean, that's a real problem for Herod. And the reason that's a problem for Herod is because Herod wasn't born king of the Jews. Herod was a usurper. He was, he was a half Jew and half a Jumean, and they would never make, the Jews would never make him the king. He got that role because the Romans gave it to him. They said, here, because of your great, uh, great ability in battle and because of the things you have conquered and the things you have done, we're going to let you rule over J J Jerusalem and Judea. We're going to let you be their king. Well, the, the Hebrew people didn't like that a bit. And they knew that there was a king that was coming because they had read the prophecies. There's going to be one born to you uh, who is going to be ruler over my people Israel and shepherd my people Israel. And they were waiting. And many of them were waiting all their lives. And, and uh, Simeon? Right? We haven't talked about Simeon, but remember Simeon? Okay? When they took Jesus to the temple to be dedicated, he said to God, Now you can let your servant depart in peace, for I have seen the Savior, the Messiah. Right? They're waiting all their life. And now finally this king, this Messiah, this Savior has been born. And they're going to, to uh, Herod, <laughs> or going to Jerusalem to ask about this. And Herod hears about it. And he hears these words. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? In other words, Jesus had a right to the throne. Jesus had a 
right to the throne um, uh, as far as the lineage was concerned. I mean, because he was a son of David. He was, he was descended from David, the first, the, the, the king that God installed. And so he had a right to the throne, and Herod didn't. And so when Herod saw that there was one born king of the Jews, that, and, and that he could possibly lose his throne and lose his kingship, kingship, he wanted to do something about it. And the Bible tells us here that Herod the king heard this and he was troubled. He wasn't just a little bit worried. He was scared. He was, he was bothered to the deepest. And, um, and so he, uh, he set forth some things, set some things in action to make sure things, uh, to do what he could to keep this newborn king from becoming, newborn babe from becoming king. I want you to see one more thing before we kind of move on. They said, who is this, who has born, been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. See, that's interesting to me. His star in the east. Not just the star or a star, his star. And to them, these three uh, magi, this star pointed directly to one person, and that would be Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who has been born king of the Jews. His star. We have seen his star. And so they went and they inquired, and... Uh, and uh, Herod didn't know. I think this is really interesting. Uh, where is he? Where has he been born? They thought he might be in Jerusalem, in a, pas- in, a, in, a, in a castle, in a palace. But no, that's not where he was born, and that's not where he lived. Because he wasn't the king like what we think of kings. And so they were asking around, and Herod heard about it, and he was troubled. He was really upset. He was really worried. And says, all Jerusalem with him. Now, it's possible that some people were not as worried about it, okay, their troubled was a little bit different than the trouble that Herod was feeling. The scribes and the Pharisees, maybe, some of those uh, chief priests were, might have been a little bit worried about it because Herod maybe had put them in their position and installed them where they were, given them their job. And if a new king comes up, a new king might just move them out and they might not have that position again. So some people were, all, were troubled. Some people were excited about it because we're going to have a new king and it's not going to be Herod anymore. All right? And so, so the, they, were, they were concerned and, and he didn't know. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Where is the Christ supposed to be born? Now, isn't that funny? I mean, how many of you know where Jesus was born? Anybody? Anybody? Where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. I really think that, that even if you came in this morning, you didn't know where that was, after hearing this and watching this, you probably knew that. Many of you are shy, don't want to say it out loud, but Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But this guy, who was the king of the Jews, Herod, he didn't even know that. I think that's pretty crazy. I think it's pretty sad. It tells us that his priorities were a little different, or maybe a lot different than what they ought to have been. He didn't know the scriptures, and so he had to call in the chief priests, and he had to call in the scribes. See, the chief priests were the ones that should have known all of this, and the scribes were the ones that, they did several things, but one of the things they did was copy the scripture down. So as you're copying the scripture, guess what? You get to read it or hear somebody read it to you. So they knew the scriptures a lot better than Herod did. Herod didn't even know where Jesus was supposed to be born. So he called them in. He asked of them. I got to, got, got to show you this. Um, it says he inquired of them. I'm not sure it was just like, hey, guys, I'm really curious. Tell me where the, where the king, uh, Messiah, is supposed to be born. I don't think it went out that way. Because knowing the reputation of Herod, he was a pretty mean and hateful kind of guy. He had something on his mind, and he wanted to get rid of this new king. And so I'm thinking that he probably said, you tell me where he's going to be born, or I'm going to kill you. Now, that's conjecture. That's imagination. But he wasn't a very good guy. And he wasn't above killing these chief priests and these scribes if they didn't tell him where the new king was, was going to be born. 
So they came in, they told him, and they said this. In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem of Judea, and this is the, um, I want you to know that Matthew recorded it a little bit different than we see in Micah. This is from Micah 5.2, and, um, and here's how Matthew records it in the New King James. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Micah said it like this, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. There's so much in there. And I want you to see quickly some of the differences. Matthew 2, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah. Micah, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. There are different meanings to that word. Um, and one of the things you see about Bethlehem Ephrathah is that it was a place where the farms thrived. It was easy to grow your crops around there, okay? So Bethlehem Ephrathah, house of bread. Matthew, are not least among the rulers of Judah. This is what Matthew said. Are not least among the rulers of Judah. Micah said, though you are little among the thousands of Judah. Look at this. I want you to see the difference. I want you to see what Matthew did. Matthew, whether he is quoting exactly what the scribes and Pharisees uh, said or not, and the chief priests said or not, Matthew was doing something. He was letting people know that because of the birth of Christ, because of the fact that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, this little bitty town that was nothing before that, now is going to be very important. You ever travel around the states and you see signs that said, oh, for example, the one I see is um, birthplace of Ronald Reagan, Right? I mean, you see them of a lot of people, but that's the one I think of. Or uh, home of Ronald Reagan. I mean, Springfield does business because guess what? Abraham Lincoln was, was famous there. Lincoln's New Salem. Guess what? There's money to be made because of the name of somebody. Okay? And guess what? Bethlehem became a much more town, much more important town because of the fact that Jesus Christ was born there. And so Matthew is kind of pointing that out when he says, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. Judah. And then we see the difference here. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And Micah says, yet out of you, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel. And so one's going to come. And I want you to notice that there's a difference in this, okay? Because Matthew says, who will shepherd my people Israel. Jesus Christ, as you know, is the great shepherd. I have a herding dog. My dog is nuts. He's a blue healer. And I don't know if you've, if you've read about blue healers or not, but they say that that's as close as you can get to a wild animal without a zoo license. He's a great dog. But he herds you. He wants you to go where he wants you to go. He will try to push you that direction by nudging you and nipping a little bit, okay? He's not a mean dog. He's a great dog. Shepherds don't work that way. They walk in front of the people. They walk in front of the sheep. They lead them in that direction that they want to go. They don't push them. And not only that, the shepherds don't nip at your heels. In fact, they are there to protect you and to bring you out of danger. And they are there to, to bind up your wounds and pour the oil on your wounds and take care of you. And see, Jesus Christ is that great shepherd, the one who will come out, who came out of Bethlehem, who is the ruler who will shepherd his people. 
There's more to the difference here. Matthew didn't put the next part on there. Whether the, uh, the, the chief priests and the scribes said it or not, he didn't put it on here. Whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. And I love the fact that this was one of the main scriptures for today because it comes from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, now notice, it's talking about the Word, which is at first a thing. Now it changes. He, the Word, means Jesus Christ, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, through Jesus. Doesn't that say something to you? He is from old, from of everlasting. Jesus Christ was even before he began to create in the beginning. And all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In other words, he wasn't made. He did become flesh, but he wasn't made. He has always existed. If he was made, he would have had to make himself. And the Bible says nothing was made that was made. (laughs) And without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I love it. Because, see, Jesus was not just a man who became God. In fact, he was not in any way just a man who became God. He was God who became man. And while he was man, he remained God. And that's why he could be born in the flesh and die on the cross and rise from the grave and give to you and to me forgiveness of sins, salvation, and eternal life because he was and is God. I mean, that's quite honestly why Herod couldn't destroy him. That's why Satan couldn't destroy him because he is God, because he is God. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared and he sent to Bethlehem and said, (laughs) sent them, the wise men, to Bethlehem. Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And they believed him. I mean, why shouldn't they? He's the king, right? But I'm thinking there's a little bit of suspect there, okay? You've got this king who's supposed to be king of the Jews. He doesn't know where the newborn king is supposed to be born or was supposed to be born. And he calls you and he comes and says, go look for them and let me know where they are. But he does it secretly. I'm thinking that if I'm the king and I really want to worship this baby, this Jesus, I'm not going to hide the fact. I mean, because the chief priests and the scribes, they all knew him. And it was a very Jewish, religious uh, society. There's no reason to hide that. So there's a little bit of suspect suspicion that I would have in what they said and what he said. And so they went and they departed. And listen, behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So this gives us a little bit of a hint. And we don't understand this. Science may never explain it. When we get to heaven, it may be clear to us, but we don't understand it now. Where was the star when they went to Jerusalem? It led them to Jerusalem, and then it kind of stopped leading them. But after that, when Herod told them, go to Bethlehem, there was the star again. And the star was over the house where Jesus was. We don't know how all that happened. We don't know why it disappeared, if that's what it did. But we do know that God was leading them to find Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And see, that's good news. Because if we search for him, and we search for him with all of our heart, he will be found by us. Now, I think that's interesting, okay? And we can talk about a lot of different, different um, uh, soteriology or salvation theology if you want to. But here's the great thing. God said... God said that if we search for his son, Jesus Christ, God will reveal his son to us. 
And so the thing is, these wise men made a long trip, a long journey. And we believe it's somewhere around two years old or two years. When they started making preparations from the time they found Jesus, probably somewhere around two years. And we do that because um, Herod eventually killed all the baby boys two years old and younger. So we're somewhere around two years. They made great preparations. They took great pains to make this trip to find Jesus Christ, the newborn king of the Jews. And sometimes we're just kind of carefree about our concerns of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I'll go to church on Sunday, or I'll go when we have a special occasion, but I'm never going to go again because, you know what, I don't really believe much in this. We're just kind of like, it doesn't matter whether I search for Jesus or not. It doesn't matter whether I really try to, this is our opinion sometimes, the way we think and the way we live, whether I really try to grow in my relationship with Christ or not. Ah, church one time, one hour on Sunday morning, that's enough. These guys took two years to find Jesus. They spent tons and tons of money to find this, who was this, this baby who was born king of the Jews. I, I imagine that like the Hebrews of that time, the Jewish people of that time, they had heard that there was going to be one born. They didn't know all the details because they weren't Jewish. But they had heard there was going to be a new king born who would shepherd his people Israel. And when they saw that star, they were filled with hope because now they got to witness that. I just think that we probably need to do a little bit more. Many of us, most of us, in seeking this newborn king and finding Jesus the Savior. Or you can sit back all your life and read your Bible or two or three verses a day, or just let it sit on the shelf and gather dust. Come to church on Sunday morning. And you can still be saved, maybe. But if you really want to have the kind of relationship with God that you ought to have, because he wants you to have it, then you need to seek Jesus every day. Look for him. Make sure that we know him and that he is priority in our life. So they gave the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. And then they were divinely warned in a dream that they shouldn't return to Herod and departed for their own country another way. Like, all right, get out of here. We're going to circle this. We're going to skirt Jerusalem. We're not going to go back to Herod. It's interesting to me. Bethlehem was like six miles from Jerusalem. They could have easily gone back, even on the same day after they presented the gifts. But it seems that there was a time, uh, they spent the night in Bethlehem probably. Whether they had their own tents to sleep in or whether they housed them, Mary and Joseph housed them or not, we don't know. But they got this word in a dream. So there was some time where they spent some time asleep. It seems to me they spent the night. And God used that time when they didn't have anything else on their mind. When they weren't thinking about, uh, about anything or about the return trip or about Herod and about all the stuff they had seen and heard, they were just sleeping, and God used that time to share with them that they needed to go back another way and not go back to Herod. You know what's really cool about this? Not only did they find Jesus, they also were obedient to God in everything that they did. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God. I don't know if you're one of the people who opens your Bible every day and reads three or four or five chapters and studies part of it deeply. 
I don't know if you're one of the persons who has a Bible that you bring to church on Sunday and that's the only time you touch it. I don't know. The, I don't know. But what I do know is that there are people out there that need to know Jesus. And if we don't know the word, we don't know where to find him. So we need to know the word. We need to be studying. We need to be seeking Jesus every day of our life. And what a great time to talk to your friends and your family about this one who was born king of the Jews, Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the Father, who was born to die so that we could have eternal life. We're going to have a hymn of decision, and I believe it's number 112. And so we're going to have a word of prayer real quickly, and then I'm going to ask you to stand and sing. And there may be some decision that you need to make. You may just want to come and pray. There may be something that's, that's just really stressing your heart. And you need to come and you kneel here and you need to pray. It might be that you've never heard the gospel story before. You've never heard that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died and rose from the grave to give you eternal life. And that if you just repent of your sin, he will forgive you. It might be you've never heard that. And today you want to know more. Or maybe you just want to pray and give your life to Jesus. So I'm going to be here at the front while we sing. And as we sing, I'm going to ask you to come to pray or to receive Christ. Let's pray, and then we'll stand and sing. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for this whole event, for everything that you did to bring your son into this world so that we, your creation, sinners all, could have forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. Father, I thank you for that great news, that good news. Father, help us to receive your son. Help us to seek him. Father, help us to follow him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.